and welcome to the first Nile Nine podcast of 2020. It's a new decade and we're diving right in with some excellent music for your consideration, including tracks from Tame Impala, Selena Gomez and Mura Massa, as well as a promising album from Irish singer-songwriter Aoife Nessa Francis. Nile is away this week at Eurosonic. Hi, Niall. So please join me in welcoming back to the show, Luke Sharkey. Hiya. Hello. How you doing? How are you? I'm very, very good. Um, we have new mic stands. We do. We are it's like uh, on that next level of professionalism heading I'm, into the new year. I'm like sitting back in my chair. This is, it's so beautiful. What a beautiful start to the decade. Uh, if you have supported Neither Nine on Patreon, thank you for the new mic, mic stands. Thank you um, so much. Patreon.com forward slash Neither Nine. Uh, how was your break? Uh, it was wonderful and it uh, was great. I completely didn't listen to any new music. Right. I what did you go back to? I was listening to uh, a friend of mine recommended there was a, a small scene of uh, kind of psychedelic folk artists which came out of Norway and other bits of Scandinavia during the late 60s. Cool. So he kind of turned me on to a bit of that. I was listening to a lot of Alice Coltrane. Anything that was made by somebody who is now dead. I don't know actually if any of those people are dead. <laughs> but, um, but you know what I mean? It had to be an old record. No yeah. more new music. I mean, after list season, I was very burnt out um, and deleted all social media apps off my phone. I did a full Descent oh. Pathetic, but I did a full seven days of no social media. That was amazing. Was it? That was amazing, amazing, amazing. And okay was kind of bummed. I have to reinstall everything at the start of last week when I'm coming back in. Yeah, it's tough coming back. I do the same thing um, over Christmas. Once my last list is in, which this year was my songs um, for for Nile for the website. Yep. Um, once that's done, I just completely switch off from new music. Um, I go back to, I listen to a lot of the Beatles. Um, Any particular records? Pretty much all of them. Uh, my favorite Beatles album is Sgt. Pepper. So I just listened to that a lot over over the break. Um, and I got a few kind of records as Christmas presents, was listening to those, but was very much kind of on the analog buzz. Wasn't spending a whole lot of time on Spotify. Yeah. Didn't want anything new to be recommended to me. I was just so worn out from it fantastic but it's great because now i'm back and there's new music and it's very exciting yeah and january is much more about you know looking ahead to yes. the year ahead and the music that's coming and what kind I, of things are you excited for in the year ahead um a couple of things trying out new festivals looking ahead to the summer so i'm not going to do any irish festivals well any of the ones that i usually do mm. um, with the exception of electric picnic because i have to go ah. um it's my baby and oh like you don't have to go for work you I just, just I, you I, just I, have to go I, I, I cannot imagine a scenario where I don't go to Electric Picnic. Right. This will be my seventh year in a row, so it's like big. But I'm going to, anyway, I'm going to um, Ziggit Festival in Budapest, which cool. I'm really excited for. And my friend bought me a ticket to go to All Points East, that festival in London that Tame Impala are headlining. Excellent. Um, I'm really excited about that. I want to go to It Takes a Village. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we have our new uh, new music, new artists to love in 2020 list just out on the website. Well worth a check if you're listening. And there's loads of great music on that. Got me really excited for the year ahead. What about Brilliant. you? Brilliant. Um, there's a lot that I'm excited for the year ahead. I think I've been spending so much time, especially with Irish music, um, over the kind of last quarter of last year yeah. that it's getting me really, really excited to see some new faces coming out. So I'm just sort of looking ahead and in that really nice position where I'm waiting to be surprised, waiting to find a new artist who I love. Uh, but to look back on last year for a moment, something that we're all excited for. Personally, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Um, but it's the Choice Music Prize, the shortlist whoop, whoop. for this prestigious prize was released earlier this month. And 
I think is one of the strongest that we've seen in recent years. Um, I'll give it a little rundown uh, in case Please. you don't already know. The albums battling it out for album of the year 2019 are Dahi with Loss, Mick Flannery with a self-titled album, Fontaine's DC, Dogrill, Girl Band, The Talkies, Jafaris, Stride, Junior Brother, Pull the Right Rope, Lancome, The Live Long Day, Soak, Grimtown, Maya Sophia's Bath Time, and Sorka Richardson's First Prize Bravery. What are your thoughts? I, I should say that I won't be sharing much of my thoughts on this list uh, because I am a judge on the judging panel. Congratulations, that's Thank amazing. You. Very exciting, very nervous. I'm personally delighted with the list. I think it's excellent. Um, I think every single person on the list deserves to be there. There were so many more who didn't make it on, yeah. which is always a shame. Yeah. Um, and I just think in such a strong year for Irish music that no artist should, like, the, the list could have been 20 long, do you know? And yes. it still would have been, um, it still would have been tough to get it down to 20. 100%. But um, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I think it's a fantastic list generally. I think, I think all my, my the, the albums that I think are, a lot of my favorite albums are there. And then maybe the three that I think, that I thought, going in before the list was announced that are where cut above the rest are all featured. Excellent. Um, I'm glad I'm sitting here so I can gr grill a judge a bit. Um, <laughs> I think my one gripe uh, with that list mm. is I've, I have nothing against his music, certainly nothing against him personally. I'm not sure why Mick Flannery is on that list. Mm -hmm. um, I think for such a well-established artist late into his career, it wouldn't even matter that much. And I think his place could and probably should have been Mango and Mathman's place. I think they're probably the one act. There's a few that I personally would have had in my list, but I can understand why they weren't there. The Mango Mathman Casual Work is the one album that I think should have been in that list that wasn't. Um, I think it's a great shame that Mango Mathman didn't make, yeah. make the list. And yeah. I think if it's, only just to see them perform in Baker Street yeah, as well. Yeah. It's because a, a lot of this, you know, when, when the lists are done and you, you've sent them off and before the actual list is announced, I found myself thinking so much of like, I mean, I'm gonna miss most of the night anyway, but I just found myself thinking so much of like, oh, we actually get to see all of these people perform yes. on the same night. Like it's just one of, if not the best night for Irish music industry people. Absolutely. Or musicians or PR people, whoever you are. It's like, we all get together, all bets are off. Everyone gets really locked and it's just a really, fun and awesome celebration of Irish music. Um, I definitely uh, think that, yeah, M M Mango Mathman's album was one of my favorite uh, favorites of last year. Yeah. So it was Japes, you know, yeah. like no, no, there was lots there that were really good. Few, but I think yeah. that, that, that screamed out for me. I just wanted to, to give you some stick on it because you made that happen. Fair, as, fair. as a judge, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, have you been added on, on Twitter about the choices? Have you been? No, not directly. Um, but I saw some kind of chatter yes. um, around um, one act whose fans were not uh, not really pleased uh, with them not being on it. I will tell you off, Mike. Um, but you know, it's fair. Like yes. it's it's such a it's such a huge prize. It means a lot for people when they win. It's like ten grand Which prize is money. A huge deal to some of those acts. Like, like looking at a few of those acts, that like ten grand would go a long, a long, way. long way. And some of them don't need it. 
let's yes. be honest. Um, Which is why I wasn't necessarily devastated that like a hosier wasn't on there. Like yeah. purely because, well, I personally didn't think the album was good enough. But secondly, he doesn't need 10 grand. Yeah, I was actually surprised that hosier and um, your boy, Dermo, Dermo uh, weren't on it. Um, they weren't on my list that I put forward. But I thought that maybe because I didn't know who the other judges were. I thought that maybe there would be more of a pop presence but there kind of just isn't like no no it major label snubs all all over the place completely which i love because is, i think the major label album which um uh are, is not a major label is a uh, like girl band have a record label and i think they're about the only band that do right yeah are fontaine's not signed? oh fontaine's are partisan they yeah, are yeah, sorry yeah yeah but they're like in terms of my the three when i'm looking at that list the three that stand out to me are the live long day yeah um Zogrel and the talkies would be my three. If I was a bookies and I was making odds, I would maybe put those three. Yeah. Um, as the favourites. Are you going to make a bet? I, I don't... Oh God, I sound like such a, a stick in the mud. Can you do that? You I can. Say, you can, but I sound like a stick in the mud. I, I don't gamble. If I was going to put money down, I'd, I would put money on Girl Band, but I would personally give the album to maybe like them. Okay, fair. Over to politics now, kind of. Um... <laughs> Coinciding with the government's now reneged decision to commemorate the role of the RIC and the Dublin Metropolitan Police. Yes, you still are listening to the Nile Nine podcast, um, which Brian Coney in The Guardian described um, as two forces that acquired a reputation for, for brutality against civilians in the aftermath of IRA attacks. Recently, come out you black and tans top the charts Absolutely. in the UK and in Ireland. Yeah, and um, third or fourth in Australia as far as... In Austra- really? Yes. God, there really are a lot of us over there. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see it here. Uh, the Australian iTunes top five. So it's funny, right? So the charts can kind of change pretty much from hour to hour. Yeah. But it's pretty significant that this song knocked off the likes of Dua Lipa, Stormzy, Lewis Capaldi. Household names. Even briefly yeah. that it did that. And it's all kind of due to uh, this like strange Venn diagram between politics, memes and music. Um, and in his, guard- in his Guardian article, uh, Brian Coney makes a really great argument for uh, Alan Partridge playing a vital role in this kind of phenomenon. Um, he had that appearance last year um during which he played a kind of a a, i think like a mayo man which he does brilliantly um his steve coogan's um uh, i think a lot of his family are irish or from the west and he just has the accent down and he sang come out you black and tans on it and it was just it was amazing to see a british man do that and have pretty much all of ireland just be like yep yeah, we love this. Yeah. Thanks for this. But yeah, it's a very interesting... What I what I kind of find interesting about it is that we've all kind of come together behind one song in order to kind of say all of these things. Yeah. So when it topped the charts, it was in direct response, I think, to, um, to Taoiseach. Leo Varadkar. For the suggestion of a commemoration. For the suggestion of the commemoration. But also it had been kind of teetering up in our cultural consciousness, the song that is uh, in the wake of Brexit and in kind of strange times between Ireland and the UK politically with the backstop, 
all of, of this stuff. But it's just so interesting to me that there is this, just this one song that we've all gotten behind when we have like a, a litany of Irish kind of traditional anti-British folk tunes that we can pick of from. Course. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you, do, would you be able to speculate a reason as to why they were drawn to that one song? Well, I think the Alan Partridge thing is probably, is probably a good shout. I think, um, yeah. I think the meme thing kind of struck a chord with me. I come out, you black is very much a, a, a meme. You know, yeah. it's, it's the second panel in many an Irish Republican meme. Yeah. And this kind of, it, it came after the word tansplaining started to kind of float around uh, about yeah. British people kind of talking about life in Ireland or talking about what life is going to be like in Ireland uh, following Brexit. But it's, yeah, it's amazing. And I actually, I hadn't listened to that song in a very, very long time. Um, and I went back and listened to it when I saw that it had been on the, on the top. And it was, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not like a Republican person or no, sorry, I'm not like a, Irish, everything I say sounds like I'm saying I'm not a racist. If I say Irish nationalist. What you're trying to say is that you're a West Brit. No, (laughs) I'm not that either. I'm I'm of the John Lennon camp of let's just abolish all countries. Yeah, okay, yeah. But it just, it stirs something in you, doesn't it? It, it, Yeah, it's like almost like a a cultural memory or like, like, you know what I mean? It locks into a generational thing almost, you know? I think so, yeah. And I think because I grew up with, the Wolf Tones and Dubliners being played in not only my house, but houses of like my friends and their parents would play them and they would be the songs that were played handed around on, on guitars and stuff. It's just so interesting to me that it's like come back with such force and now the Brits actually have to listen to it and hear it. Of course. And I, they, it, I know very little about this sort of phenomenon, mm. but it was played on BBC radio. They do it like a chart mm. top off and they only played like the first 10 seconds. Yeah, so, and yeah. It was like, do you remember when Thatcher died and uh, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead um, was number one and they only... I think... No, it wasn't that they only played a little bit of it. It was the first time ever that they didn't play they the number it. one. Yeah, because I remember that question in a, in a quiz, actually. But yeah, it was the first time they'd ever, they ever didn't play the number one that is fantastic amazing yeah uh well from politics to films i suppose uh bond i don't care much for the bond franchise but one thing i do care about is the bond song uh this week it was announced that billy eilish will become the youngest person to pen a new bond tune to pen and to perform a bond tune in history uh, the film is called No Time to Die and it'll be released in April. They were not quite sure when the track will emerge. Uh, Hans Zimmer will look after the rest. Fantastic. As, as he as he probably should. He's a, he's a talented man. Uh, but it seems like a pretty good start to the decade for Billy, who turned 18 before Christmas, which is... Very much a, a turn of the millennium artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Already has the record for being the first billboard person, uh, hold number one billboard, number one after being born in the year 2000, the first artist to do so. Uh, she seems like a, an obvious pick. I mean, the, do you I think remember, so? I remember when the last film came out, like, um, was it Skyfall? I think it was Skyfall. I'm not sure though. Maybe. Spectre. Spectre. Spectre, because um, it was the, what's his name, did it? Uh, Sa- uh, 
Sam Smith. Yes. Yeah. And Sam Smith did the worst song, the worst Bond song yeah, of all time. Yeah, it was really time. bad, yeah. And, but he was like the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah. He was, uh, everything was Sam Smith and he completely owned that and year. And Adele before that. And Adele before that, who yeah. was the zeitgeist around that time. That was probably yeah. around the time of 21, maybe. Her song wasn't bad. No, but not at all. I couldn't sing it back to you now. No, I think the last one I could sing is uh, the the Jack White, Alicia Keys one. I, I like that one. I, I still I, like I still that play that one. out a bit. I still play that out a bit. That one kind of slaps. I haven't heard it in a really long time, but yeah, uh, I another way really to die. It. Yeah. That oh was, yeah, that yeah. That was pretty good. That is a jam. But I like I I I I was kind of surprised to th- to hear that there was any controversy about the fact that Billy was gonna. Did you see this song? Like, controversy about it. Yeah, I just saw it was like there was some kind of crotchety old men expressing some sort of no. dissatisfaction with you that know what doesn't I mean? sound like them <laughs> what how, <laughs> how unstereotypical of them that's very surprising yeah i mean so it's her along with her brother phineas phineas yes. yeah who is like just seems like such a legend so talented also really young we talk about how young billy is all the time I mean, he's only 22 or yeah something he's ridiculous. he's also a baby um but i do think that they'll bring something kind of dark to the theme um my money would have been on lana del rey to do this but i guess she's just off a pretty intense songwriting yeah. process i, I kind of want her to play bond in the oh next yeah film. that's what i wanted lana oh my del rey. god um, that yeah i mean that would be a vibe is is it still daniel craig doing he's the just bond? this is the last one that he's doing okay yeah I'm, i don't i don't rate him at all he's oh he's uh, I kind of saw stuff from him. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's better than Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan was the worst Oh, bond. but he was so much he fun. Was, no, it was, it was so... <laughs> I probably have bias though because he was like, his Bond films were the first ones that I saw when I was younger. Yeah. And I think I had a bit of a crush on him because I had a crush on him in Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. I know. Pierce Brosnan does not have a crush on him kind of a, a kind of an what? actor. No. He is such a handsome man. No. Uh, no. I always he think about... He was at some stage. Did you see him in the first Mamma Mia? No, that, I didn't watch oh, Mamma wow. Mia. Oh, wow. Oh, no, I did. That's that For me, that's like when I think about Pierce Brosnan, I think about him okay. slaughtering Abba in Mamma Mia. Mm. But, uh, it's like me with Russell Crowe now and yeah. Les Miserables. I'm like, I can't <laughs> take the rest of your career seriously now that I've seen you sing. <laughs> but I think there is no doubt that I think, is there anybody doubting that Billie Eilish is going to do a fantastic job? With no, this? I think she's going to absolutely smash it. I think she's going to nail it. I think like, and this might, like Billie Eilish kind of came into our consciousness, like she just slipped in at the end of the last decade. So this seems like it's probably going to be the one for her now. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the next 10 years. I mean, hopefully she keeps making music, she keeps slaying. Um but I'm excited to see how, when she grows, will she adopt new personas? Will she be like a bit of a Madonna or a, a Lady Gaga? Like, will there be new variations on the Billie Eilish theme? Um, because I think she's visually quite creative as well. Yes. Um, she's really creative with her sound. She can definitely do straightforward pop and she can also do like really scary sleep paralysis beats yeah absolutely do you know I, I think if she's gonna have longevity as a pop icon like a lady like a lady gaga or a madonna mm. you need to kind of evolve and change over yeah, time i think so too um over to some new tracks then uh future and drake life is good uh will we take a listen then you can tell me all about it let's have a little listen working on a weekend like usual way off in the deep end like usual niggas swear they passed us they doing too much haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts Niggas caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us 
Manor House in Rosewood, this shit too plus. That was Life is Good from Future and Drake. Luke, explain yourself. Um, so this is, again, Drake comes through. Drake's two best songs of the past maybe three or four or five years have been Features. The first was, of course, Sicko Mode, and now Life is Good. It's a fantastic kind of Drake song. Not somebody I figured I would have on any lists or be highlighting in any way in this new year. Um, following on with all of the scandals surrounding him and the kind of nasty stuff that he's been up to and the fact that he got destroyed by Pusha T last year. Um, a man who, but he seems to have emerged from the sort of soft womb of yes men who usually surround him to actually do a very good feature on uh, Future's track, to feature mm -hmm. on Future's track. Uh, Future, of course, is a trap producer who helped kind of popularize the sound, absolutely instrumental and pivotal in the role that trap now plays as kind of the dominant sound in pop charts. Um, it is, again, comparison to be drawn to maybe a sicko mode there in that it's a song of two halves or even very sort of contrasting parts. Drake's is the much more kind of melodic pop hip hop sound and it's kind of fitting that Future, who hasn't had a smash hit in a few years, would start the song off with Drake in order to draw people in. And then the song does a switch up about halfway through into a very sort of thuddy 808 straight up trap sound that Future excels at with the auto-crooned vocals, kind of great flow. The video actually, I think, is probably my favorite part. I don't know if you've seen it yet, I but it's, seen the video, no. it's the two of them sort of working, uh, meaning uh, sort of unskilled labor jobs. Okay. So they, they're like bin men or they like cooking uh, steaks at a restaurant or they're working as mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, like it kind of goes through it at the end. They're like, hey, I got this tune. You want to get on it? Like, you never know what's going to happen. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, like a tip of the hat to like artists who are working like kind of double jobs and mm -hmm. still struggling to make it. But as skeptical as I am about Drake, it's hard to deny that he can he can do good music, and I think this is a good example. Cool, yeah. I I Drake. <laughs> I know. Where do I start? Um, so this track, when when you suggested it at first, I was like, oh no, uh, I've nothing against Future. I I definitely find him a really interesting artist and like you said completely pivotal in kind of popularizing that very distinct sound that he very much owns i really really like the second half of this track his, his half, yeah. yeah and i don't i don't hate drake on it i think i just hate it because it's drake um and i'm finding it hard to like disassociate him with his like really shitty behavior but i definitely think that this is the best thing he's done in oh, like right. since hotline bling it doesn't go near hotline bling because yeah. That is just a jam of monumental proportions. Yeah. But it's it's sort of like, to me, the track kind of feels a little bit inconsequential for Drake. I don't think it's going to do a whole lot for him. No, we are wishing the end of an empire with Drake. It's, it's, it, it, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're at the late stage, Drake, not... I the, think so too. revitalizing his career or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like some, so many of his fans have kind of left him yeah. and... The ones that remain are the diehards and they, they stay forever and that's fine. But um, yeah, there's there's nothing, you know, overly offensive about it. The sound is fine. I like the beat. I really like Future's verses. I love his flow. Like it's, it's great, just so it? kind of gritty and trappy and like sometimes a bit mumbly, but not to the point where I get annoyed by it. Um I think it's fine. Li I, life is fine in the second <laughs> half, I, is my review. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, to add on to that, I don't think I probably would have uh, been as quick to listen to the track or would have listened to it at all if it was 
Future featuring on a Drake track as opposed to Drake featuring on yeah. a Future track. Yeah. I think I'm more interested in listening to a Future than a Drake. I think yeah. Drake could probably drop an album, and he did actually of B-sides late last year that I just never listened to because it's just, I'm done. Yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, hopefully he doesn't release anything as kind of masturbatory as the last one he released what was it 20 odd tracks yeah not Niall and I still talk about that week when we had to fucking review it um but yeah I mean good job Drake you didn't embarrass yourself well done yeah uh now to somebody who we haven't heard from since 2015 pop sensation and in my opinion underrated songstress Selena Gomez is back with a new single and an album they're both called rare and it sounds like this Baby, you've been so distant from me lately Selena has been through a lot since we last heard from her nearly five years ago. She's spoken publicly about her struggles with mental health, specifically anxiety. And to add to that, she went, she underwent like a really kind of risky kidney transplant, dealt with the ramifications of having quite a serious like chronic illness. She deleted all of her social media, assured fans that she was fine, but that she just needed to take a break. Um, she's kind of been spotted around the place in like film and fashion but now I think she's back where she belongs making cool minimal pop bangers uh what are your thoughts on Selena generally in terms of her music would have been when you say you said an underrated an under an under the radar an underrated songstress probably I would be maybe of the target market that would underrate her or maybe put her yeah. underrated. She wouldn't be one of the ones that I would associate even as high as like an Ariana Grande or mm. Sia or any of the great sort of pop artists. Um, I really, really enjoyed this song. Mm. I have mixed feelings about the album, but uh, this song is great. Really strong, compelling, clever, insightful pop music. And I really enjoyed it. But what about yourself? Yeah, I, I, I have a soft spot for Selena Gomez. I really liked her album in 2015. The name of it escapes me. Um, but I, yeah, I really, really liked that album at the time. And then I sort of just benched it for a while. And then when now she's, she's back with this and I'm just reminded why I like her so much. I think she's, she's definitely not like vocally of the caliber of, um, Ariana Grande, but I mean, who is, um, that's an unfair thing. Like you couldn't, no, you couldn't no. criticize someone for not being able to sing. Like no, but I mean, they both kind of hail from the same, um, the same place in culture, which is that kind of Disney, like manufactured star who has broken out. Yes. And, you know, we've we've been seeing this since, I guess, Britney and JT. Christina, JT, all that crew, the OGs. Um, so it's really nice to see her kind of go somewhere where she doesn't, it doesn't feel like she's really competing with any of those big artist I think she's definitely honed in on a sound that is hers now uh this this does still sound a lot like the record from 2015 but it's 
a little bit more amped up. There's a bit more pop in it. I also have kind of mixed feelings about the record. I think overall it's quite strong. There's yes. a few tracks on it I'm not I'm not entirely convinced by. Um, but I think Rare is like a completely solid, really, really strong pop tune. I think it could be the first great song of the year. Yeah. Um, it's... And very, uh, one thing I struck as maybe somebody who knows very little about her personally, I don't know, I didn't know anything you were talking about, your, the, her personal story there, the mm. backdrop to the whole thing. But what struck me about uh, her lyrics are very human. Yeah. They feel very uh, real to life and very, not ordinary in a bad sense, but she sounds like she's having the same sort of problems as an ordinary person, the same motivations, the desires as an ordinary person. She doesn't feel like she's doing this... Uh, from up on high pop goddess thing, which yeah. I, I really enjoyed and kind of really drew me into the whole thing as well. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. I think Rare reminds me of Good For You, Good For You, <laughs> Good For You, <laughs> Good For You, um, which was off which was off that record um, back five years ago, which, which definitely had that kind of like stripped down, I'm a normal girl vibe to it. But I, I think she's pretty convincing in it. Like, Absolutely. Even though she's like a movie star and a child pop star and a like a superstar, I just get the impression that she's a nice gal. She seems sound. Yeah, do you know? <laughs> and yeah, and I think that's that's sort of when you're kind of talking and thinking about like our modern pop divas. Like if you take like the likes of Billie Eilish out of it because she's kind of something onto herself. But like like you said, the the Ariana Grandes and things, it's like I wouldn't be able to approach Ariana Grande and be like, I like your stuff. But Selena Gomez, I feel like I could be like, hey. I feel like you'd have a, like, yeah, a real back and forth actual yeah. conversation and connection. Yeah, she with. seems nice and she makes good music. And like oh, absolutely 10 out of 10 could see myself singing this in a nightclub oh, yeah. with gusto. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Cool. So next up, it's been a long time coming, but 2020 will finally see a new album from Tame Impala. Uh, we have a new song from the group called Lost in Yesterday and it sounds like this. Now was Lost in Yesterday, the fourth song to emerge from Tame Impala's forthcoming album, The Slow Rush, which is out on February 14th. Valentine's Day. Ah, uh, on Interscope. Luke, you're a Tame Impala fan. I'm a, admittedly a big yeah. Tame Impala fan. Yeah. Uh, probably, so not going to get the most objective opinion here. That's fine. I, we're, we're here to recommend <laughs> what we like. I, I, I'm delighted with the song. I, I really enjoy it. I think it reminds me a lot of the stuff that was on Currents. It reminds me of uh, the moment actually from Currents a lot, this song. And um, I think it's the bass line, that kind of very liquid running bass line throughout. Mm. Um, I think Kevin Parker has uh, a near, or I would say in his genre, an unmatched ear for melody and for a hook. Um, and like, although his his songs can be a bit rinse and repeat and a bit paint by numbers, once he finds that hook, like he oh, like all his, his choruses are always like so catchy and stuck in your head and mm. like repeated it again and again. I don't think this is the standout track that Posthumous Forgiveness it was. Okay. Um, but I think that these two are of a much higher level than 
the ones that came before. Uh, the, for a while there, I was kind of dreading the slow rush. Yeah. I don't want to have my heart broken by Tame Impala's fourth album. I don't. I don't. I don't need that energy in my life. I. I, I need this. Like I. I, I need <laughs> this to album this to be amazing. Strong. Like I need this album to be good. Um, and like listening to Lost and Yesterday and Posthumous uh, Forgiveness, both of them got me excited for the mm. album. There seems to be. Is it me or is it becoming more common again? Uh, for artists to release a good few songs prior to the album. I feel like there's been so many tracks. I mean, I know... This, this is the fourth now. And there, there, was, a, there was a fifth as well that really? just isn't going to be on the album, but it was released as a single, uh, Patience, the first one they put out to come oh, back. Oh, that's not on the album. It's just not on the oh, album. I like that song. Yeah, Patience is a great song. Yeah. Um, the, the one... Uh, I mean, it's no take that patience. No, absolutely I not. I mean, oh, like only one I, band can come back I, with a song called Patience. I know. Oh, I listen. I was talking about how good the take back, the take that comeback was with somebody the other day. Excellent. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but I think but yeah, Lana Del Rey did a similar thing where she released a lot of the album before yeah. Norman Fucking Rockwell came out, and I feel like it's been a while since artists have kind of done that. In like the 2010s, it seemed like it was the decade of the drop. Yeah. And now we're getting back into this kind of more slow promotion thing. Of course. Which is interesting. Um, I like this song a lot. I still remain not like completely in love with Tame Impala. And I couldn't actually give you a reason why. Um, I'm I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for it to hit, but I feel like it will. Um, I just need to really spend the time. Okay. I th- I'm upset. I th- I'm upset. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, but I'm open. I'm open to okay. it. But it's just that I guess they were just so everywhere. Um, On the last album. Yeah. He really was like Rock's kind of a uh, savior in that. He, like he people really, everywhere. really like true him about like. Yeah. yeah, he was at every festival, like just on the radio all the time. And, you know, great. But it just, yeah, the oversaturation kind of hit me a little bit and now that we're coming up to like a new album I think I'm ready to go back and do my homework of before course, it yeah. comes out yeah so but I'm glad that you're happy with it I, am, I know yeah. that you're a really big fan <laughs> <laughs> um our final track of the week um is off another new album which comes out on January 17th uh Mura or Mura Mura Muramasa has released a new track with vocals from Wolf Alice's Ellie Rosell. It's called Teenage Headache Dreams and it sounds like this. I want to be free Remember how we used to be Sit at home and dream Stare at each other like TV Teenage Headache Dreams. Uh, the track's sort of like a sprawling soundscape that grows into something kind of banging by the end of it. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this track? This is not the Muramasa that I ex- kind of expected. Mm. Um, it's nice to, to see that he's kind of been brave enough to evolve and try a new sound. Uh, I think it's maybe not maybe not my sound. It, it's kind of a 1975 track almost for me too close to that realm of indie but you hold your tongue 
Um, but I, I, I love the guest vocals. Yeah. They're fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't have clicked on this in my Discover Weekly had I not seen Wolf Alice in it, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Muramasa isn't someone I'm like overly familiar with. Um, I just never, again, never really gave the time. Never really seemed like my kind of thing, but I don't know. Might be wrong. Um, I love the sound of this. Um, and I think mostly because of that Ellie Rosell kind of touch on it. Of course, yeah. It's that I remember listening to the song Exploder for um, um, that track, that big, big Wolf Alice track. Don't forget to send the, no, is it? Uh, 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 don't Delete the Kisses. Don't Delete the Kisses, yeah. And I was going to say, don't forget to send the X's. Don't forget to send, send the X's. X's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listened to the the song exploder for that and she she was great on it and she was talking about how she wanted uh, in the production of the track she wanted it to sound like when you're at a festival and you hear your favorite song at a stage really far away okay and you're like running to the stage and like the sun setting and you're getting ready to go into the night she was she all but said and you're coming up yeah. um, but I definitely hear that that touch on it that kind of um it's not quite an electronic it, it's it's done electronically but it's not quite an electronic sound it it the song opens up quite slow with very kind of introspective yeah. kind lots of, of reverb lots, lots of, of reverb guitars yeah yeah and then it kind of when her verse comes along, it kind of turns into something else, turns into pretty much a Wolf Alice track. Yeah. Um, and then it just starts banging for the final third. So it is, it's kind of like three tracks in one. Of course, yeah. But I just think throughout it, you, you do go on like a little journey in it. Yeah. It made me a little bit wistful. I listened to it today on like the top seat of a bus while the sun was setting. Felt like the right place to be for it. And I do really like it. I found myself quite charmed by it. I think. Fantastic. So, yeah. You've listened to the Muramasa album. Have yes. You? Yeah. And how's that? I feel bad saying this now after you've given the album such high praise, but uh, given the song such high praise, but I, I wasn't that impressed with it. Again, just, yeah. I, I'm sure there's loads of people, if you like a certain type of indie sound, yeah. that indie sound, then you're going to love this album. But okay. It's just not for me. I think I'll check out the album. Would you say if I like the song, I like the album? Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think I'll check it out. Um, okay, that's our songs for this week. Check them out or don't. Uh, now for something completely different. Dundalk native David Keenan sat down with our very own Luke to chat about his new record, A Beginner's Guide to Bravery, Leaving Home for Liverpool and more. Here's that chat. Handle tree, handle tree. Gifted a book by somebody who loved me, a better man who got even with God. Sat in hyperactive London. So, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by David Keenan. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. And we're right up on the tail of the release of your debut full-length album, A Beginner's Guide to Bravery. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, just a sense of excitement, because it's never happened before. Um, a sense of pride in, in the people involved, man, and just the sense of kind of, there's a bit of surreality involved as well, given the nature of everything that had to happen for this thing 
to come about and it's just a document and it's just a start um, but I'm happy that I survived and that I'm, that I'm here today yeah. to tell the tale and that tomorrow I'm going to embrace it and then you know you're on to the next thing after that but but tomorrow I'm going to I'm going to allow myself to yeah there's a there's a sense of pride of course there is yeah fantastic well I would hope so um you said something there it just kind of struck me can you like sort of expand upon the idea of it being a document of the record it's just a, it's a document of the last the last four years of uh, my my existence as a human being yeah. you know uh, living in Dundalk leaving Dundalk moving to Dublin the travel within and without um, you know I had to get a, a cohesive a coherent body of work that that told told a narrative that's what yeah. I wanted for this thing um, I think as a, as a first album that's what that's what I want that's what I set, set out to, to capture um, a lot of things had to align over the last couple of years for it to happen but I feel like I, I reached the point you know 25 I could say the things that I had to say in truth and that came about by just as you know, like just living it and um, being able to call myself out on, on on bullshit and 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 standing by the songs. And I think there there is a narrative there. They're all individuals, the song, but the, but there, there's a narrative there that that runs through it. You know? Yeah, fantastic. And I know you've had it all recorded since May of 2019. You recorded it all in a week up in the Hellfire Club. We did it in five days. Yeah, five in days. May, and then and then a song called The Healing that's you on the record re-record. that came in the post in August and yeah. we went back in for two days so it's, it's, it was done really in a week but you've sat with the full record now for some time uh, I sat with it when it was being mixed you know but then I I, I, I moved away from it after that because um, I was there when it was happening and yeah. it was happening live and it was happening fast you know but um you know, I, I don't believe you should just sit and, and chew the fat of your, your, your previous endeavours, you know. So once it was mixed and I was happy with it and it was it was lit, very little done with it. Yes. It's live. Um, it's very minimal overdubs. It's, for me, it captured the fucking reality of the thing, you know, and, and the, 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 the kind of, uh, the things that I was expressing and the songs and the, the nature of the, the musicians involved. So um, I, I, by the time it was mixed, that was it for me, you know, and because uh, it's once you say something, you've said it, you know. But it's in the playing of the record live, that's really refreshing and excites me. Yeah, is there um, a disconnect there now between yourself and that material? You say you've moved on and you don't like to sit with your own stuff. Well, yeah. just the recordings. I mean, there's not there's not a disconnect with the songs because when you're playing live, live it's, yeah. anything can happen, and it's uh, you can elongate songs and you can stretch and uh, you can slow things down. Uh, like the album for me is this kind of relative that is it's it's his own man it's its own woman yeah it's it's gonna go off and do its own thing if it decides to travel and take me with it then I'll happily go along but if it, if, if it just decides here I'm just I'm I'm staying put and and for me it was there was healing involved and I'm and, and I'm satisfied and proud of it so uh, as far as that goes I'm, I'm not expecting anything else you know fantastic and I just kind of want to kind of probe you a little on the title um, would you describe the album or the narrative that the album sort of conveys as a quest for courage as a sort of like I think the journey of honesty and being brave I th- yeah I think it's, you've touched upon a few things there like it's um, it's kind of that 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 seek uh, and, and that's that starts with a, with a realisation that okay, I, have to, I have to put myself in a different environment uh, I'm not fulfilled within myself I, yeah. have to, I have to go out and I have to seek it I have to go out and live I have to uh, go out and, and exchange you know uh, connections with, with, with human beings, with life. I have to feel different things. Um, 
so the record like you know it, it documents that initial even before um leaving the dog i mean i mean moving to liverpool when i was 17 that initial kind of thought that yeah. came that came that I, I, I need, I need, I need, I need something. I need that seek. I need that, uh, you know, that kind of monomyth thing. We all play the hero in our story. At times, we all play the fool, the, the joker, the fucking thief. You know, we all play those people. And um, so, setting out, and then, and then on the way, you know, you know, reality happens. People come in and out of your life. You know, you have victories, you have losses. Yeah. You, 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 you self-destruct. You, you kind of rise up again. And, and at the end of the record, there's a kind of there's a deeper sense of self-acceptance and there's an element of hope. But I had to go through all the other stuff to, which is all part of being a human being, man. It's all, well, well, give me, you know, I welcome it now. Yeah. If it comes, it's not, nothing is permanent. And, and do you feel that the sort of, uh, this album, maybe artistically, I don't know, uh, marks the journey from one chapter of your life into another? Like, do you feel so. like the end of the album, going toward that narrative process, is the sort of closure, is that sort of moving on to the next thing? Yeah, you know, because very, very, um, well, a few months back, I, I, I had to leave Dublin. I had to, I had to, and I was living here for a few years, and, yeah. you know, I you know, found a tribe here. Um, it gave me it gave me so much. Um, fell in love here, you know, left it, and uh, so by the close of the record, uh, and for someone who came and, and never felt connected to a tribe or, or, or a place, really, you know, when you reach the end of that album, you, you hear that tribe coming in. Yeah. And so that, that, and it's, it's, it's definitely, it bookmarks a certain period of my life. It's the end of the beginning, if you get me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the nature of life is change and growth, and, and, and I kind of open, I welcome it, you know. So Of course, yeah. And you've written a whole new batch of material already. I've seen. Well, I've read a quote where you said you've got the next album written. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a couple of albums worth there. Um, and and I'm that must be nice to be kind of sitting on that. Well, you see, you think that. I mean, it's never a bad thing to to have to have a batch of songs. But like, it's it's important for me to keep this going. Now. I mean, logistically, things had to happen for me to put out this album. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certain things got in the way. I was trying to. You're just trying to exist. You're trying to. You're trying to get by. Yeah. yeah. But now I kind of understand the kind of ins and outs, and that it, things things are very very straightforward. And in this day and age, you can release music in a couple of days. You can put it out. It's just other people just have to accept that. Yeah. You know, and you have to f- pursue that for yourself as an individual. So I want to record the next record this year and get it out this year, and record the second, the the, the third record this year and get it out next year. I mean, they're famous last words, but I want to get another record out this year. I, I feel like I have to do that to would get you, to get to this other place that I, I need to go to. Yeah. So, would you describe yourself as a, like a, an on-the-go creative? Like you kind of have to you have a goal or an a point that you're working toward. Yeah. Well, I have to put in the daily the daily graft. I mean, it's just, it's not it's not like you know I'm, I'm not digging ditches, but but I have to put in the work. Yeah. Because the fear makes you fearless. The the fear of of just losing touch with, with that kind of secondary world that you're trying to build all the time to, to, of course. to, to draw from the well. Um, I mean, it's catharsis for me as well. So that's, I, I do it on a daily basis. But, you know, this, the, the music is is one element of life. The writing is one element of life. Um, anything that I do outside of music is going gonna, is gonna to inform what I, what I artistically put out. Yeah. Because it's all linked. So, you know, I'm looking forward to travelling and... and, and, and People are going to step in and out of my life in the next block, and it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a beautiful thing to observe and to and to be a part of, and hopefully it won't get me heartbroken <laughs> too many times. Yeah, 
Um, so to just <laughs> jump back down into the album and into the arrangements on the album, and I've been lucky enough to be able to have a bit of a sneaky advanced listen of the thing, so been able to soak it in a little. Um, is it? It's a band album. It in is. terms of the arrangements, <clears throat> yeah. How how far along the process of writing the album did you decide that was going to be the approach as opposed to sort of a more traditional acoustic guitar or piano, just like sort of mm. more smaller arrangements? Well, I think over the last couple of years, like moving to Dublin, and then I start I started playing with a with a like a, a group of artists like Junior Brother, Lemon Cello, Gary yeah. Quinn, Redmond. We had this thing going. Um, and in and amongst this, I was I did a couple of gigs with the electric band. So then, like, the gigs became these three parts. Myself and the guitar, then the organics would come out, and then the electric band. And the last EP, Evidence of Living, was, was that. Yeah. It, was, it was me and my own, it was the three parts. And the gig in Whelan's last year was the three, the three acts of the play, or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I just felt where I was going with the record, it was leaning more towards the band, and, and the, electric, the electric band. Um, I mean, the, the other heads are on it as well, and amazing people to be around man that catalyst to be around those people it's it's a, a gift but it just felt natural we were just in, in, a, in a place we were doing more gigs um, and I was loving the sound the dissonance I was loving it was it was the band the electric band was painting the the pictures I mean they were painting the atmosphere for me in yep. the world of, of the lyric of the language of it you know so it was just there wasn't really a choice. It just kind of was there. I was like, all right, I want to record this record. Let's do it, and we did it. We did it in a week, and and uh, yeah, fantastic. Came about, yeah. And I think I think it really um, even a couple of the songs that have appeared on your other piece and stuff that appear on the LP, yeah, like with that full band translation, really adds a lot to them, and I think a lot of depth. Um, and to the songs, which was fantastic. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So I think it was, and, and it turned out the end result was was really awesome. Yeah, thank um, you. And just a couple more things that I wanted to pick your brain on. Do you, I, I heard you say, or I heard said about you, that you write lyrics first? Yeah, well, it's like I write and sometimes a song uh, appears, you know, but I never sit down to write a song, you know, so I'm constantly kind of taking notes or, you know, skimming down ideas. Um, and then when I'm doing the daily thing, you might get one line, like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you might get a song, you might get a, a verse, but you're always taking notes and you're always scribbling, you're always chiseling away, you're always kind of blackening pages and, and trying to, you know, carve something out, yeah. you know. And what is it then that you see in a, either a line or a verse or whatever it is that you have, what is it there that captures your imagination about the words that says, this is going to be a song, this yeah. now? Like, there must be a moment where, you know, you're like, okay, well, I want to put, like, I've got a guitar or a piano here, I want to set some music to this. Yeah. And, like, would you have multiple kind of different hot potential songs going on and then one of them draws you in or do you work on one thing at a time? Um, it can differentiate, you know, but, but sometimes this, this thing, just this idea just forms and, and, and demands to be kind of heard and, and there might be a, a decent block of lyrics where you're kind of, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you know, you're satisfied with it in a certain way and you're going, okay, well, I can, I can, I can, I can kind of knead this into something. Um, and then, Sometimes the the musicality and the words will give you the tune, man. Or you might just be playing a playing a tune, and you have this block of words, and it just kind of the 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 thing fits, <laughs> you know, it differentiates. Yes. But when it's coming, you're just kind of glad that it's that it's flown. And uh, I try to keep the channels open, but you know, you have to go out and you have to. Life informs the output, you know, and, and uh, 
you gotta go out and live as well. You can't, you can't be, you can't be shackled to, to the bed, man, or the desk. You know what I mean? No, you have to go out there. You have to get a, get a bit of vitamin D as well at times. You know, absolutely inform your work a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Sure, sure thing. Um, that's a beautiful sentiment, and I think probably a great sentiment that we can close out on. I think that's a fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, um, David Keenan, by the time our audience is listening to this, A Beginner's Guide to Bravery will already be out. I hope you're all enjoying it. Definitely give it a shout. Or give it a listen if you haven't listened yet. David, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Take man. it easy. Thank you. Thank you very much Luke and thank you very much David Keenan yeah, for thanks, David. sitting down and chatting and having a nice time. We're staying pretty close to home for our album of the week this week, uh, formerly of the band Princess, Dublin-born singer-songwriter Aoife Nessa Francis is set to release her debut so- solo record uh, this, this Friday. This Friday? Yeah. Um, let's take a listen to what it sounds like. You can't predict yourself Eyes closed, it's something else Oh, you won't be thinking of the things you've left My heart is so So this record is co-written and produced by her collaborator, and Keen school Nugent. friend. And school Keen, friend. Keen Nugent, yeah. That's, that's cute. This is a, a school, this is a New Park album, which is a, a secondary school, like a quite a well-known art secondary school, yeah. very close to where I live. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. uh, the other collaborators on it, uh, so it was recorded in Oxford Lane Music Society Studio in Ranala. The other people on the record are they also the, the school pals drummer brendan doherty is a, a, a friend of a very close friend someone i would have had a pint with on a, more than a few occasions gas yeah um so yeah i this album i wasn't familiar with her same before you suggested this album so i was like yeah great and listening to it i could find a lot of touch points for other artists that i feel like she was inspired by okay um i definitely feel like there's a bit of an angel olsen yes vibe in there um like in her vocal register and in the kind of orchestral flair that that kind of runs throughout and i think it works really well because she doesn't she doesn't kind of overdo it there's a lot of the album is quite pared back and subdued uh in terms of instruments and in terms of like, and then every now and then you get a kind of a big sound. Yes. Um, I I cre- I really like this. I think it's a really 
quite charming record. It's quite short. It's just nine songs. But I think that she's carved out a sound on this that makes me excited to hear more from her. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I, I think you're at like that nine songs. Like it's brevity is kind of nice. Like it's, mm. it's not, it's probably not going to, it's, it's it's not like trying to be the biggest deal in the world, but yeah. it, it's but it's very conscious of that. It's just very happy to be what it is. Like it's very pared down sound for a lot of it, but like a um, really solid songwriting throughout. Um, and I think yeah, the, I think the Angel Olsen comparison is 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 really really apparent. And like I love her voice. It's very, mm. but it's a very uh, like it is. I, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about what genre. Not that it's very important, but what genre I would kind of put it in. Mm. Uh, and part of it, I think, is folk or folk rock. And then a lot of it is, has a kind of a psychedelic shimmer to it as well. Mm. But like, it doesn't sound like anything else that many Irish artists are doing. She didn't. It, and no. her her voice is very un not un Irish, but it doesn't sound like you wouldn't listen to it and place her as like, oh, she's from South County Dublin. Yes. Um, it's like she's a very particular voice. Um, yeah, I I love her voice, especially in that kind of like low register. It's it's quite jazzy at times, yeah. and it's it's often throughout the record kind of layered, and um, there's like some production-y stuff on it like this kind yeah. of layers of sheen put on it at times and then when it is paired back you can really hear that there's a really solid yeah vocal there um it it sounds like she had a lot of fun with the record in terms of trying on different sounds there's one track on it i can't remember the name of it now uh that reminded me in in the guitar part of um like a bell and sebastian song um which i thought was quite cool and I just enjoyed listening to it and hearing lots of different kind of musical touch points for yeah, different for different artists but that that's not to say that she's just kind of reaching out and picking things that are good and just shoving them in yeah it's not something that like it it, it may wear its influences on its sleeve but it's not it doesn't sound derivative yes exactly yeah yeah and that I, I really admire that in it um she is doing an album launch on it's the 21st the 21st in the grand social i think i'll definitely head along and check her out live i'd love to go i know i'm running a gig that night in dunleary oh. the 21st of february yeah um so if you so, don't go to luke's gig yeah what's the gig which you should uh, it's the night that I run. Don't worry about it. Out in uh, the Lighthouse Body Tonics venue in Dunleary, uh, we're doing a gig with Adult Store, who are uh, DJs, two DJs from Bedlam. Lovely. Um, well, if yeah. you don't go to that, uh, go you, see Ethan Francis. You can go see Ethan Francis. Um, um, I reckon I'm going to go along. I, th- I think I think it's a really strong debut, and I look forward to hearing more from her. 100. percent Have yeah. you have you got a favorite track? you'd like to pick out from? I liked I think the track I was thinking of was Libra I might be entirely wrong but uh, Libra is jumping out as one of the tracks that I really liked um, I also liked Here in the Dark um, I like all of them but let's go with Libra Libra let's close yeah. out with uh, Libra
that was Libra from Aoife Nessa Francis, Land of No Junction. And I was right in thinking that the Bell and Sebastian sound was uh, Libra. So there we go. Um, that's all for our new music this week. Fantastic. What a this was sort of a very strong first entry to the year. I think it's a pretty strong entry to the year. Yeah. I mean, this time last year, we were talking about the 1975. We were. I remember, yeah. And we had a podcast where we talked about James Blake album or like one of the tunes from that yeah. album. It was around that time that that album was going to come out. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that earlier, actually, on the bus on the way here. How young we were. Yeah. We didn't even know that Lana Del Rey was going to come along with a new album or that, they, that we'd get two Big big Thief albums. Yeah. We were so young. Um, what have you been watching, reading, listening to over the past while a while yeah it's been a while um so um got my mr boring pants pants on and have been reading a a fair dose of Mm non-fiction um which is never as exciting as reading a good novel but i like a a non-fiction are they like self-help non-fictions no no i know you were reading a self-help book actually the last time we did this or a sort of a self i think i was Um, yeah i can't remember what it was now but it obviously had a lasting effect on me (laughs) (laughs) because everything is perfect now yeah Um, my life is great (laughs) i i have been reading um a book that i felt a bit funny about being given in the first place it's called surrounded by idiots by uh, a Swedish man by the name of Thomas Ericsson. Um, I would, I felt a bit funny because to be given, like it's like surrounded by idiots, how to communicate with people who can't be understood or how to understand those who can't, aren't understood, which is like the, the byline, which I felt a bit funny about being given a book like that because- right. Was it a secret Santa present? No, it was an outright Santa present. Oh. and Or uh, like from a sort of uh, auntie-in-law. Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Katie. But- uh, Big shouts to Katie. It was just a bit like, I felt like it was like, what does like what is the implication it was like i took it on an ego level like what does the implication of this book mean yeah like is this kind of like if you're given in a book like say like that's called like how to be happy I mean, right like, oh, well, am i a miserable bastard is that yeah. why you're giving me this well, the book that you were given is basically how to talk to stupid people even though you're smart yeah, yeah but it kind of yeah no but it kind of gave me the impression it was like you think you're clever and everybody else around <laughs> you is a dunce like but anyway that disregard that title um, right it's a very scandinavian attempt at humor what it is is an in-depth uh, explanation of the the Deza sort of a personality trait analytic system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is what a lot of businesses like Google or LinkedIn would use to kind of target demographics. Is that the like INTJ thing or is that a different it's thing? It's of a similar ilk, but okay. not quite. It's kind of like red, blue. It's color coded like red, blue, oh, green yeah. and yellow personality types and the different traits. And then therefore, like when identifying those traits and people had to like more effectively communicate with them. Okay. Um, it's really, I was very skeptical heading in. Uh, Are you now, now able to identify people by their trying like, I'm, I'm trying more what, and more what, what do you think i am uh oh oh no uh, oh yeah i'm asking you <laughs> uh, well i i would say you are a green yellow green yellow we'll leave that we won't we won't explain what it is i'm a green yellow that's a good one i'll ask you i'll ask you off mic yeah. <laughs> uh any other any films go see any films um i haven't been to see a film since i went to see the star wars film Oh, how was that? Um, mm. Heard bad things. Mm. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Right. Uh, but in terms of TV, mm. I have been. I watched and uh, every single geeky part of me loved the Witch, the Witcher. Okay. Love, love. Listen, I'm a big toss geek. a coin to your Witcher. I'm a big oh, geek. Valley of Plenty. I'm down for that. We should have talked about that song because oh, that's yeah, become yeah. a sensation. That's the meme song. Yeah. My boyfriend, who doesn't listen to music past maybe 1975, said it was the catchiest song he's ever heard. It's, it's very catchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, very good. That guy kind of actually reminds me of James Blake, the Bard in it. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, 
Really good. Uh, the, the only parts I didn't like was when it was trying to be Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, when it tries to get too serious, I'm not down for that. But like when it's like very goofy and nerdy, like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so here for that. Is it a bit tongue in cheek? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but w- okay. there are moments when it tries to be a bit epic and then you're just like, this ain't working out for me. Not quite doing it. It's a bit Game of Thrones season yeah. eight. But uh, I will throw that right back at you. What have you been reading, watching, listening to? Um, I have been reading quite a lot, actually. My current book is... Um, actually the talented mr ripley um there was a film made of it uh that had jude law and Leo. um no the other one the one that's kind of like him um uh matt damon oh, um in it and yeah it's a it's a psychological thriller it was sort of one of the first of its kind um I'm finding it really fun and interesting because I have you have you seen that film? No. Oh my god, the right the film is amazing. Um the film is kind of the reason why I got like back into jazz after many, many nice. years. Um it's really, really great. And it doesn't hold back on the whole like, yeah, man, let's go listen to some jazz. And it's all kind of really cheesy, but really great. So I'm really enjoying that. Um I read the uh, follow up to The Handmaid's Tale because it's called The Testaments I thought it was excellent I preferred it to The Handmaid's Tale I've heard that from a few people yeah uh, I finally finished The Secret Commonwealth by uh, Philip Pullman which is the second book in the Book of Dust tri- trilogy which is the follow on from the His Dark Materials trilogy oh wow, there's a second trilogy there's a second trilogy yeah it's excellent uh, this book is um, set further on in time so Lyra who is our protagonist who is about I think between like 9 and 11 in that first trilogy um, is now 19 or 20 she has to go off on an adventure and it's genuinely one of the most kind of like affecting and emotional reads it's 500 and odd pages like it's it's a hefty read it took me ages Um, but it's stunning it's absolutely stunning Um. On that, I watched all of his Dark Materials. I thought it was excellent. I've yet to watch. Um, ha- have you read the books? I've read the books. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really... Is it, uh, does strong. it do it justice? It, it's, it's kind of, it's beat for beat. Oh, awesome. They, yeah, they make one pretty major change in that a character who is a big character in book two, Will, is introduced earlier than he is in the books that I was a little bit iffy about but overall like it's pretty much B for B Um, Yorick Bernison who is the bear is amazing all the demons are done really well Lin-Manuel Miranda is just such an absolute treasure Lin-Manuel Miranda he plays Lee Scoresby you know the aeronaut with the the balloon he's fabulous like absolutely brilliant um such like he's just such a charming man anyway but as lee fucking scoresby i'm like oh my heart is it all three books no no it's just the first one it's just northern lights okay cool yeah and it like it ends where northern lights end all right very cool so it's great um i went to see cats nice (laughs) um i went with the no popcorn boys which is the film podcast spin-off of no encore our sworn Um, enemies our sworn enemies yeah uh i crossed enemy lines and i went to the cinema with them um and it was uh the worst experience of my life like thank god i had friends with me because it made me feel carsick it's it's as bad if not worse than everything you've read okay um genuinely don't even watch it for fun 
a harrowing experience. Um, the no, we obviously afterwards recorded an episode of No Popcorn, which you can listen to on I think the No Encore feed if you search for it there. Um, my full review and thoughts and nervous breakdown are all recorded there for anyone to listen to should they be interested and I watched a marriage story which I thought was fine oh really fine I've heard so many good things about that I mean well no I think it's like a seven really yeah I've I've heard some stories about uh, that Adam Driver is like so good oh he's like right central performances are excellent um I think I just I wanted more clarity in terms of like the passage of time in the script um some of the funny bits didn't really land for me, but largely it's largely it's very good. Okay, cool. But I think this the not so much the script. It would it would be like the the story. What what do you call it when you're you're not writing the script, but you're writing the, the story? The plot. Not the plot, but like the 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 it's screenplay. Okay, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, the screenplay might have let it down a little bit, just in terms of like how time passes in okay, it. Cool. But all the central performances are great, even. What's her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Even? Yeah. She's, she's, some, she's sometimes not that good. Okay, yeah, cool. Like, like she can be great. Um, and I kind of thought she might be past being great. But no, like, I mean, she got the Oscar nod. She did. So, um, did he? For that, I yeah. don't know, actually. I'm so not in an Oscar world. That's yeah. so not. I think the Cats thing, to go back to that, like the final nail in the coffin of me ever watching that film was uh, Jason Derulo complaining about the size of his cat penis. Do you, do you know that story? What? What? You know, why was he complaining? Jason Derulo is in the film. Yes. Which oh, is, oh, oh, he's way, in the film. Never, never put Jason Derulo <laughs> in your film. He's Don't so do that. Bad. Don't in do it. that. He's like, awful. Um, I mean, like they were like, oh yeah, Taylor Swift and Jason Derulo in this film. I was like, oh my god, I'm never gonna see this. But anyway, yeah. um, he has like a like a, a a cat bulge. He. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. But they reduced the size of his cat bulge. <laughs> And he, and he was I mean it's pretty he, fucking prominent he, he was he was he was very offended about his reduced cat bulge but there wasn't supposed to be any cat bulge well, well Taylor Swift has cat boobies in it she does but they look enhanced yeah but no but his cat bulge was reduced in size and he was unhappy about this and posted to the point of posting on social media he was like guys this has been reduced this is like not fair posting the picture of the original cat bulge what it was supposed to look like and his his cat penis was much bigger before <laughs> before it was redacted i literally. can't believe i'm sitting across the table from you and you're like just repeating the words cat bulge, cat bulge. and saying his cat penis was bigger before it was redacted Weird. they're making f- box office films now where people have cat bulges i know uh, like it's genuinely harrowing do you remember when um that uh, director the spanish director made the film about the fish man that the girl kissed and everybody was going crazy because she kissed a fishman. Sh- Shape uh, of Water by Guillermo del Toro. Sorry, the Spanish man. The Spanish man. Do you remember? Do you remember how weird everybody thought it was that that, yeah. that, that the protagonist and that kissed a fishman? Yeah. We're watching films now that have actual cat boobies and cat bulges. Oh, and yeah. People are okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was genuinely the worst. I felt sick. Dave Hanratty beside me was just. I thought he was going to have an anxiety attack. It was awful. We drank the whole way through it just to get through it. Like we came out not even drunk. It was just trying to like settle, settle the nerves. But yeah, that's Cats. Oh, the worst music ever in it as well. It's just like absolutely dreadful. But 
I, I could go on, but you can hear me on No, no Popcorn <laughs> if, if, if you want to hear me go on. Uh, that's it from us this week. I will be back with Niall next week yes. if he survives his trip away. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us on social media, um, Nyler9 everywhere. Uh, Luke, what's your what's your Twitter? Let's let's uh, let's at Luke that. Sharky Five. At Luke Sharky A lot Five. of ducks on my Twitter, so, <laughs> so follow that. Um, and you can of course support us on Patreon. Um, Patreon.com forward slash nine nine. It keeps the lights on. It gets us fancy new mic stands, and just make sure that we're all uh, fed and watered. Absolutely. So that's it. Um, um, I might close out with uh, a track from David Keenan's album. Which yeah, is, why uh, not? Last Friday. This is uh, the closing track. Thanks very much, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Jesus Christ, is that you bedding down for the night? How oh, would your knees talk to your chin? How oh, would you look at him? How oh, would you take one? How oh, would you take one? Look at him. Yes. Yeah, he's a draw you and get a look at her. How would you take one look? How would you take one look at her? Do you see yourself in her? When she was scared of her. The spider thought cleansing spit into the medicinal breeze that chews up all the leaves upon the streets of Dublinia. The spider thought cleansing spit into the medicinal breeze that chews up all the leaves upon the streets of Dublinia.